grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is the call of Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I'll make you to be a blessing. Dear friends of Christ, that's the first promise that God made to Abraham. We're looking at Abraham today. One thing we find out is everything God promised Abraham has been fulfilled. The fact that we're even talking about Abraham today is the fulfillment of that promise, I will make your name great. You know, as we look at the history of the Bible, one thing is, is clear. God is always being with His people, delivering them. God's a deliverer. And He does it time and time again. He delivers them from the sin of darkness, from the sin of unbelief, and then He gives them faith, saving faith, and then He blesses them. And that's what happens as we study the life of Abraham. You know, Abraham grew up in the land of Ur. I know you don't know where that's at necessarily, but if you think about modern Iran, modern Iraq, Saudi Arabia type of area over there, that's even today has many unbelievers in it. There were unbelievers then too. That's where Abraham was raised. Terah, Abraham's father, worshipped other gods. That's how Abraham grew up, worshipping all the other gods. And then for some reason, by God's amazing grace, in this strange foreign land with the people who worship other gods, God calls Abraham to serve him, to believe in him. And then God makes a promise, a covenant with Abraham. And of course, a covenant is a promise. God told Abraham, if you move to the land of which I will tell you, and of course today we know it to be the land of Israel, if you go to the land of which I will show you, I will richly bless you and I'll richly bless your descendants. That's you and I. We are the descendants of faith. And Abraham believed God's promise. He moved. Got up his whole family, trekked across the desert, kept moving until God said, stop. Abraham learned to believe that there was only one God, only one true God, Yahweh, and to serve Him and to keep His commandments. And God kept His promise to Abraham. God blessed Abraham, blessed him with faith and blessed his life. Read the story. He blessed him. God called Abraham. And so our theme, God calls His people. God is still calling people from the darkness of their unbelief. He's still doing it. Nothing's changed. God is still calling people in the world to believe in Him. He's inviting us to believe in Jesus, God's Son, to know what Christ has done for us, how He came into the world to save us from our sins that we might see our Father's love and walk in His ways. And just like Abraham, God has called us. 
do you feel called? God has called you to bless you, to bless you with saving faith, and to bless you so that being blessed, you can be a blessing to others. St. Patrick's Day is coming up, March 17th. St. Patrick, God called him. He's an Englishman. At 16 years old, uh, he was kidnapped, well, really captured by the Irish, and then enslaved. He, for six years, was with the sheep in the, in the, in the fields, serving as a slave. And it was there that he learned about God and started walking with God. It's where, there where God called him. And he grew. Eventually, Patrick escaped and went back to England, only a little bit later, to choose to return to Ireland because he wanted to bring Jesus to the people who had enslaved him. God called him. God blessed him to be a blessing to others. And he invited these faithless, these godless people to receive the challenge of walking in the faith, of taking up your cross, of obeying the Lord and following in His ways and living in His grace. St. Patrick called that from death and darkness and unbelief to light and to life in Christ Jesus. That's exactly what God has done for you. He's called you. He's richly blessed you, and it's personal. It's a personal call. Again, you left unbelief, death, and darkness. Now you live in the light. Think of what you were before you were baptized. You say, well, I don't remember. I was a baby. Yes, you were. But before you were baptized, the Bible says you were spiritually dead. You walked in the darkness of unbelief. That's why we all come into this world. We're born separated from God. Lifeless, spiritually dead, like this stone. You know, you can take a potato, looks kind of dead, and you can take that potato and put it in the ground and water it, and it begins to sprout, sprout roots and Eventually, it becomes a living potato plant. You plant a rock in the ground, and it just stays a dead rock buried in the ground. We are by nature spiritually dead. The Bible uses three images to talk about our natural spiritual condition. It says we're dead, we're blind, we're enemies of God. We remained in the darkness of our unbelief until God called us out of that darkness in the waters of baptism. He called you. Just like God called Abraham. Our text begins this way, and the Lord said to Abraham, go, go from your country to the land that I will show you. It's interesting that God calls us to the Great Commission. Go, go into all the world with the gospel baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go. And he tells Abraham, go. And the word go also is translated in English, leave. Leave your country. Get out of here. 
This area you're living in is no longer safe for you spiritually. It's a dangerous place. It's kind of like the idea of a firestorm that's barreling down and raging towards your house, and your house is literally in the line of fire. And so they put out an alert. Flee your homes. Leave. Go. That's the word. It's a dangerous place to be. Go find safety. And so this is how the Lord warned Abraham. Go. Leave this land of idolatry. Leave this land of unbelief. Leave your father's gods. Leave this world of darkness. Follow me and live. And Abraham listened to the Lord. And it's amazing how God changed his life. Abraham became a completely different man. Has the Lord changed your life since your call? Never underestimate the power of God's Word to change a life. No matter how broken, no matter how dark. Jesus said, these words that I have spoken to you are spirit in their life. And you wake up each and every morning with the fact that you are called that God has called you out of darkness into His light. And again, it's a personal thing. It's a personal calling. He calls you by His grace. He calls you into His obedience. He calls you to love Him. And as you've been loved, He says, love others. Christ changes us. Christ changes us with His love. He died and gave himself as a sacrifice so that we might live in the hope, live in the victory that we've been called, that we belong to the Creator. Paul reminds us of our calling. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and with gentleness and with patience. And what are we to do as we walk in the call? Bearing with one another in love, putting up with one another in love, in patience, in gentleness, in humility. God's calling to Abraham changed Abraham's life too. This, God gave him life-changing promises. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And I will make you to be a blessing. Did you hear all that? God said, I will. I will, I will, I will, I will. God did not say, Abraham, if you do your part, if you're obedient, I will. No. The Lord simply said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll do all the work for you. Simply follow me. Heed the call. And remember, Abraham was 75 years old, for all of you who are 75. 75 years old, Sarah's wife, 65. That's a lot of water under the bridge in life before you finally get the call. And yet God promised, I will give you many descendants. 
I'll make your name great. I'll make you a great nation. And yet they had no children. Indeed, his wife was barren. A lot of promises to be fulfilled. And Abraham was a wealthy man when he left Haran. God made him even wealthier when he made it to the promised land. God has called you too. Now, he may not have called you into great wealth the way God called Abraham, but the Lord has loaded your life with blessings, and you can look back on your life, and you can see those blessings. Not only can you look back in your life and see those blessings, but you can look back on your life and you can see how you have been a blessing to others because you've been blessed. The Lord has poured out on you His blessings. You know, Psalm 103 should be our daily refrain. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. What's the greatest benefit that the Lord has given to you? I mean, we can say so many things, but certainly the Lord has called us. The Lord has called us to His grace. He suffered and died that you might belong to Him, that you might be part of His family, be His family. You are His And God promised Abraham, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And look at us now. All the nations, all the people of God. Indeed, Abraham was a patriarch of the Christian church. We are blessed because God blessed him. And we're blessed because God kept his promise to Abraham. You see, Abraham is Jesus' ancient ancestor. He's in the genealogy of Jesus. God said, all nations will be blessed through you. Ultimately, that was a messianic promise. The Savior's coming from you. And then salvation came from his family. Jesus came from Abraham. What a promise. Martin Luther wrote, this promise which should be this promise this is a promise which should be written in gold letters and should be extolled in all the languages of all people for it offers eternal treasures. You know, we live now in the promise fulfilled. You know, that's a joy we have. It's all happened. And we celebrate Lent, the journey of Jesus to the cross, but it's already it's it's an event in the past. He's already suffered. He already made the journey. He already suffered and died. He paid the debt with his holy blood. Our sins are forgiven that we might live forever. It's a fact. That, my friends, is a golden promise written with golden letters. A promise that has a priceless value and worth. God has called you to be his own. And Luther reminds us that you might be his own, and being his own, that you might live under him, in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting innocence, righteousness, and blessedness. God calls sinners like us, but doggone it, we sinners are still cursed. No matter how righteous we might believe ourselves to be, no matter how holy we may think we are, how obedient we think we follow the Lord, Scripture is blunt. We live under the curse of sin. None are righteous. 
none do good. Abraham was not righteous by his own doing. He was righteous because God called him in the promise of his, of his descendant, Jesus. Our epistle puts it this way. If Abraham had God's approval because of something he did, he would have had some, a reason to brag. But he could not brag. You know, we can't brag either. Nothing to brag about. Why? Because our calling to Christ is completely the work of God. It's what God has done for you. He gets all the credit. Again, listen to our epistle. Those who depend on faith, not on deeds, but on faith. Those who depend on, who believe in God, who declares the guilty to be innocent. It is this faith, the faith that declares guilty, innocent, through the blood of Christ, that God takes into account in order to put them right with himself. God called you, and he puts you in saving faith. Faith that believes. Faith that follows. Faith that serves. God sent his son, and he became a curse for us. King David, after being absolved for the sins of murder and adultery, said this, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man whom the Lord counts no iniquity. God has called you. He's called you from your sin that he might bless you. And now, and now you live in his grace. You're called. And what are you called to do? What are you called to do? To believe in Jesus Christ and be saved? Yes. To turn away from your sins and repent of the land of unbelief? Yes. God has called you. But there's more. He saved you, He died for you, that being blessed, you might be called to be a blessing to others. God always keeps His promises. We're blessed because Abraham was blessed. God called Abraham, and eventually Abraham entered that promised land, and God promised, I'm going to, make, I'm going to give this land to your descendants. So Abraham built an altar to the Lord there. My question to you is, you've been called, where's your altar? Abraham built an altar in the land. Where's your altar? Where you serve the Lord, where you worship the Lord. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's your altar. The altar of God is your heart, your life, from which all blessings flow and from where faith flows. 1 Peter 2 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, so that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness of unbelief into his wondrous, wondrous light. And then it goes on to say, live such good lives among the pagans. Live such good lives among the pagans. 
that they, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day when he visits us. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.